everyone, and welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee. This is a podcast of a bunch of writers who sit around, drink, and talk about writing, publishing, and the whole creative process. We do not censor ourselves, so consider us PG-13. Today's peanut gallery are John Schmidt, David Welsh, Raymond Miller, and me, Jeannie Warner. This is episode 78. What's in a quirk? I got started thinking about quirky characters. What makes a character quirky by what makes them fun? So a dictionary definition characterized by peculiar or unexpected traits. They used an example. Her sense of humor was decidedly quirky, a.k.a. clearly I'm in the dictionary. But I was wanted to talk about this with you guys because I've been looking at older stuff that I've read and evaluating some of my characters that I've written with maybe new eyes. Like, when we are playing role-playing games, you can reduce every character, every being on the planet in any word, catch a person you want in the street, you can turn them into a gaming character sheet. You have strengths, you have advantages, disadvantages, skills, but quirks are kind of what make them fun. And I submit that a lot of characters can be most fun because of the quirks. And the things when I did a little bit more research are, I don't think it's used evenly, and I wanted to explore quirks in a more general setting. So, Dave, you can be a quirky person, right? You're a little eccentric. Sure. (laughs) Um, We're talking about, like, fictitious characters, right? Well, I was actually talking about anybody on the street of what... What makes a person quirky? I like wearing weird costumes. I don't like well, showering with spiders. <laughs> who does? Um, hey. I, I didn't burn well, that, a house down, that, but, you know. That would be a quirk, liking to shower with spiders. Jane from Firefly always wore the same hat that his mom made him. That could be a quirk. Uh-huh. It's his signature fashion thing, you know? As a well, man walks down the street wearing that hat, you know, he ain't afraid of nothing. Certainly exactly. not looking like a fool. Exactly. So did, I, I'm going to have to distinguish between being quirky, which is often almost an insult, and quirks, which you find very endearing, and say that a lot of the poetical denotation, the connotation of quirkiness, rather, not denotation, sorry, is that, it? oh, they're weird because of that. And the reality is, it's a good way to highlight the corners of your character. So um, let's say, for instance, you have a serial killer. But the serial killer, to calm themselves... I'm right here. Crochets. <laughs> or, for that matter, knits. Or um, when they're bored and standing around, the thing they do with their hands is chew, take the papers, wrappers of the gum they're chewing and folds it into little origami figures. And I'm sure you know what that example's from. I do. And <laughs> that, that little detail, um, does it reveal you something about the character of the, oh, God, I hate to say, the character of the character? Yes, it does. But it doesn't drive the story forward as much as it gives them a human or, depending on the kind of character, inhuman moment, it puts the lotion on the skin or else we're being all quirky again. Well, that it is exactly that strange mix of traits like that mm-hmm. make a character interesting or charming because sometimes they can be just an asshole. And I was considering one of the favorite leading men and main heroes of any story ever, they all say is Indiana Jones. The man's kind <laughs> of a Jones. bastard. Yeah. I was this was going out looking at top ten heroes, top ten. It was like 
He only became human when he leaned back over snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Right? Right, right, right. Because uh. other than that, he was the standard, I am going to go steal things from Native American artifacts locations to bring them back to oh. civilization and put them in. Not know, Native the- American. Come on. He was any any original well, civilization. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. So the, my question to you, is a quirk automatically a weakness? Well, see, I didn't think it was. I just think these are the things that make it interesting. What is unconventional? What separates this character from other characters that make them more interesting, kind of interesting, charming? I think Quirky quirky is growing in popularity. I mean, the best sheriff of Nottingham was cancel Christmas, right? With a spoon. So, um, I lost it. (laughs) <laughs> so I was I was looking at the different purposes of quirks. For instance, if you said, oh, yeah, I I've gr- got it now. I'm going to write so, a series. Well, you have to um, hold it now. You have to hold it. No, I'm on a roll. <laughs> oh, Jeannie, go. I hold the speaking stick. If you're writing a series, like I'm planning to write 10 to 12 books or all of the detective right. novels, the Nero Wolf, the Sherlock Holmes, quirks are what kind of string them all together. He always wears a deerstalker hat and smokes a calabash pipe. The game is afoot. Elementary, my dear Watson. These are the little hooks that are quirk, that are different than other people around him that say this is just Sherlock's story no matter what. Okay, go. That's fascinating. That's fascinating because he only yeah. wears a cal- the, uh, the deerstalker cap in the movies. He doesn't wear them in the books. That character trait was added in a different media. But over to Dave. Go, Dave. Go. Okay, going back to um, your talking about quirks becoming more popular and uh, um, more, um, I don't know, accepted. Um, I see a correlation with geek culture. I think that uh, Mm. quirks, um, to a large extent, help uh, geeks uh, identify with characters in some fashion. Um, I mean, it starts, you can think of all kinds of science fiction and fantasy examples, but, you know, almost any geek culture has its own in jokes and a lot of those are are quirks of character they they are and i I can back up and i was looking at classic older characters think i was looking starting at the black and white characters saying okay green hornet had a sidekick named kato who is played by bruce lee as we all know in the tv series right and this was a cool ass character so much so that I think they, I wasn't sure which Kato came first, the Green Hornet sidekick or Inspector Clouseau's sidekick, but. Mm, pretty sure uh, the Green Hornet. Uh, and and now, <laughs> you're, now you're equating a parody to a quirk, because I thought uh, the, um, the Pink Panther's sidekick was a parody of, because the Pink Panther himself is a parody of exactly. other detectives. Especially right, right, right. Hercule Poirot. But Cato attacking him at random is the quirk of there. You know, he's an absent-minded right. klutz, but he's the hero, right? Mm-hmm. So I started he's saying, good. all right, I, I like your idea of the the pop culture, because let's look at Star mm-hmm. Wars. You ever played the Star Wars drinking game? Every time Luke Skywalker whines, you take a shot. Every time <laughs> R2-D2 says something that you're pretty sure is profanity, you take a shot. Look, we're all still alive, so we obviously weren't playing it with hard alcohol. Obviously, huh? James Bond is chock full of quirks, and I went back and looked at. Uh, do you remember the TV Avengers, the the one true Avengers, black and white, Emma Peel? Yes. There was a quirk that I noticed by binging one afternoon that if 
they enter a room that is empty, but has a decanter and glasses set up. They are compelled to pour themselves a glass of alcohol and drink it. No matter where they are. No matter where they are. And by the third time, I realized this is how I would poison them. I would just <laughs> observe this. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it was. That's... But it was a quirk. They always did it. Yeah. That's kind of. So genius. what's? Yeah. What's the what's the borderline between quirk and I mean because you're you're equating all these things to what's interesting in a character, but I mean there has to be some dimensionality to the character. Quirks. Um, to my mind, are just these little little rough edges hanging off the edge of the character. Um, they're know. not the core of the character. When they become the core of the character, then they're something other than quirks, aren't they? I, I don't know if I, have to, if I can agree with that, because it seems to me I could take certain heroes, they're just templates off of each other, right? Until we give them certain quirks, you know, uh, isn't every detective really Sam Spade? Well, some of them don't drink and, and, and some of them have eight wives and, and some of them can't fight or are cowards. So I don't know, maybe a quirk helps us to, to see the familiar, but give us enough differentiation to, to enjoy the rest of the story without having feel that we've been here before. Exactly so. I was thinking that in terms of Jack Ryan and some of the heroic American was in blah, blah, armed forces and now is in private life and is solving, you know, inner, inner country, this and that. I find those characters incredibly dull after a while because Mm -hmm. they're all the same. You could dump this out and put this one in and, you know... If you added Bond, James Bond, and a sexy accent and a tuxedo, it's a Bond movie. And it's interesting because it is a Bond movie because he has specific quirks. Whereas a lot of the other ones, the Mission Impossibles, the Jack Ryans, the these and the others, they all blur together for me. And I remember thinking about it, but they don't have any quirks. Is is it's it sounds like a chicken and egg problem though. Is James Bond great because he's quirky? because he's a part of a culture that everybody kind of digs. And um, I mean, it's this geek culture thing again, right? Well, he's popular. Is he popular because he's different? I mean, you for every James Bond that makes, uh, you know, this, this enormous franchise, there are, you know, a hundred similar characters that aren't badly written that have quirks that, um, just I, don't happen to catch on. I've got to okay. draw you a parallel. Remember how we just said Sherlock Holmes, the, you know, the hat, mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. the game is afoot, elementary, my dear Watson. Mm-hmm. What three lines are in every James Bond movie? I'd like a weak martini. Take and not stir. Take and not stir. Bond, James Bond. Double oh seven, someone says, is he, nope. you know, at the end of the movie, because, you know, they're filming him getting down. Well, right? There is always a woman who says, oh, James. Yes, that is true. Always. Those three lines are in every James Bond movie, and we look for them, and we feel, and that's in a lot of ways, no matter, they can make James Bond be played by any actor in the world, hoping for Idris Elba, but that's a personal, mm. (laughs) anyway. Aren't we all? (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) Yes. But any of those things, because once you add those three lines... And if and a few other, th- you have a James Bond yeah. movie, which is distinct so, from others okay. because they use the same hooks as the same character, saying, "This is a James." 
Whereas you don't have that. It doesn't make it interesting. You can have you can have a shitty James Bond movie. I'm I mean, talking sure. Put about- those four. I mean, now we're talking about formula. Okay, so formula has a bad name. It's not always bad, but in this case, that's all you're talking about is right. But you you just said you have a bad James Bond movie. The whole point is whether it's good or bad, it's still a James Bond movie. We recognize it. But I, I right. have to kick in and say that I don't think James Bond is a is kind of a fair comparison. If you take, he was the first of whatever this line of movies are, you know, and the most famous. So if we did something, say, pulled back to um, uh, the one with Matt Damon, uh, Born Identity. Born, right? Yeah. And so we have, you know, we how many times we've seen somebody, they're back against the wall, they have to solve the problem, they lost their memory, total recall, this, that, and the other. You know, mm-hmm. that's a a genre of the movie to where, you know, we could name 12 of these between the, the four of us, but what differentiates them is the different quirks, right? So we recognize James Bond as an archetype. And again, it's not fair um, uh, to compare James Bond, but if we pull back to something a little less famous and look at the archetypes, and I could say the same thing, say about Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was the first, well, maybe not exactly the first, but the most famous of the, you know, I'm Asian. This is the art I do. I'm going to whoop everybody's ass in the room. Once you get past uh, uh, um, Bruce Lee, then you look at all the others. And the only way to bring the difference, Chow Yun-Fat, um, Jackie Chan, is the quirks in each of the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're equating actors with characters, which bothers me. And it, if you're if you're playing the same guy over and over, I mean, come on. Not, every I'm Jackie sure Chan movie, most every Jackie Chan movie is him playing Jackie Chan, Nicholas Cage, they all have certain characteristics that they, these characters share. Right. But I'm, just, I'm not, I think they're, they go beyond being quirks. I mean, Jackie Chan, a Jackie Chan movie is a Jackie Chan movie because Jackie Chan has his sense of humor. He has um, the, the acrobatics that he, that he learned. Um, uh, yeah. These are, I would say those just, are not quirks. Yeah. Let's look at the mission impossible movies for an apples to apples. Okay. Mission yeah. Impossible, same same dude, all the way through. Mm-hmm. Fucking can't tell him apart. Sorry, Hollywood, but there's seven, <laughs> six movies. Can't tell which comes before what or anything that happened. They have no common lines in it. He is literally a character without many quirks. The only what made the TV series such a great quirk was the this tape is going to self destruct, and and that was what we expected out of every episode. But it's not really there, is it, in the movies anymore? And you know, that's well, interesting. So now we're, we're blurring the line between quirks of a character and quirks of the, the story itself or the, uh, uh, of the, um, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Of genre. The, I guess the story, right? So. No, no. It, it, it's a point. It's, it, it's a repeating motif. There's a musical elite motif. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Motif is the, kind of the word I'm looking for. And, and I use it as quirky because... It's unconventional. We had never heard of such a thing. This tape will self-destruct in 20 seconds. It was a device. It was new. It had never been seen before. It was unusual. It was a hook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Which makes that show, spy show, different from the other spy shows that you watch. Yeah. Quirks can the give you quirks. that continuity. Or did at the time, anyway. So here well. I am. If I am writing a historical, oh, let's say I wanted to tap in and make a ton of money by writing a historical fantasy romance. Huh? Yes. How do I make my strapping, sweaty, half-naked barbarian different from every other strapping, sweaty, half-naked barbarian? Well, he could knit. He could knit. (laughs) Does anybody remember Rosie Greer? 
Rosie Greer. R- Rosie Greer was a football player in the 70s. Oh, Thank yeah. Because all I can think of was Pam Greer for some <laughs> odd reason. Because <laughs> who doesn't want to think about Pam Greer? Okay, moving on. Please. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing was, he did needlepoint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it, he, he also wrote, I thought. But yes, he had. And in, and in an age of toxic masculinity, nobody gave him shit about it. Yeah. Well, I, I started when I was, and then I went looked up on Goodreads because I love Goodreads for being the namey characters, and you can search for anything. And I went for quirky characters, and I found quirky heroines. There was like sixteen, or no, sixteen quirky hero. I mean, and the best one was I, I have to read it to you guys because it was hilarious. Cletus Winston is a puzzle wrapped in a mystery covered in conundrum sauce, and now he's in a pickle. Despite being convinced of his own omniscience. Ext- Extortion by the exalted banana cake queen of Green Valley has taken him completely by surprise. What's a maniacal mastermind to do? So that was all in beard science, which I now have to read because it was shelved four times and called a quirky hero. But that was quirky, just plain wackadoodle fun quirky, as opposed to I went out and said, all right, quirky heroine. And instead of the 50 entries, there were 970 entries. Whoa, whoa. That's a lot. 970 entries? Yes. Same I, quirky hero, do a search. Quirky heroine, do a search. Very interesting that they, I, I'm starting to wonder if quirky, do you guys feel that the word quirky is associated with feminine the way it is with Rosie Greer? Oh, you had quirks. He knitted. Oh. Evidently. Okay. I mean. You've got proof there. Well, exactly, exactly. I, I don't feel that, but that's kind of meaningless in the I, face of that level I don't of say, proof. I wouldn't say proof, I'd say evidence. But <laughs> um, you bring up a, an interesting point um, as a tangent, which, of course, I'm going to grab onto because I do tangents. Um, so one of the, one of the um, characteristics of a quirk is that it's unexpected, right? Yeah. Right. Well... Um, one of the characteristics of comedy is that it's unexpected. So quirks are very often comedic, um, and that, in a lot of cases, is drawn is to is used to draw the the reader or the viewer in. Right. That's a really good point. Absolutely. Again, back to cut his eyes out. I mean, spoon can cancel Christmas. That was it was or, funny, and that grabbed us. Or, or literally surprised as Cato jumps out at Peter Sellers one more time. And, um, you know, it, it's funny the first time because it's unexpected. It's funny the second time because it's expected. So that's that's genius comedy right there. <laughs> that is genius comedy. Exactly. If I, uh, I don't know, I've, if I can go back to, you know, get off the tangent just for a little while, it seems to me that maybe these female characters have certain expectations of them. You know, I, I want the women in my story to be X. And once they exhibit, exhibit you know, uh, characteristics outside that, now it's quirky. And it might just be normal characteristics, but because, you know, as a, you know, narrow-minded reader or whatever, I, it's not the X I expect, right? Where, why, why is she not married by such and such age? Or, you know, she doesn't like ki- kids and children and, and she can't change a diaper. What kind of woman is this? anything that's outside the quote-unquote norm. I mean, not that I support it. I'm just, you know, just an example. Now you got quirky, whereas, you know, I'm not going to write a James Bond. At no point is he going to actually deal with any children because that's just not the not part of the genre, so it never comes up, you know? So maybe there's, you know... And it's beautiful it's that you said that. rooted deeply in sexism. Because that takes me in an interesting place. So I want to throw 
some fun characters out there, and you guys tell me quirky or not quirky. You ready? Uh-huh. Context is everything. Monsieur Gustave, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, quirky. Yes, I'd have to say quirky. He is a man's man. He is poetry. Everybody says he's gay, but he's not. He sleeps with women. Dandified. Dandified and, and cultured and yet oddly vulgar. <laughs> so huh. things that didn't go together. I thought of him as kind of quirky. Yes. Mm-hmm. Snake Pliskin. Escape from New York. Um, you know, that's kind of a special case, in my opinion. Okay. It's not really quirky. Um, it was uh, a cheaply and formulaically done film that happened to work really well just because of the chemistry or something at the time and became a cult classic. But I really don't think there's anything, any one thing that's really special there. Hmm. Huh. I'd, I'd have to say. Some fun writing once in a while, but yeah. other than that. Yeah. I mean, let's, I mean, Kurt Russell is basically just channeling John Wayne. I mean, that, that, that's about as lazy as it gets. <laughs> well, can you think of any moments where John Wayne played kind of quirky characters? Oh, God. Well, John Wayne always there. played, well, if you think he was quirky, he always played John Wayne. He played John Wayne as a Western cowboy, John Wayne. Well, and he also Which was played fun when John he played Wayne Genghis as a, Khan. <laughs> you know, yeah. He also played John Wayne as a, as a, uh, you know, army sergeant and as a CB and as a, uh, you know, just the, uh, the, the tough masculine hero. Well, even looking later, okay, we have the 80s, we have everybody's laid back. As a practicing dudist, I have to bring up the Big Lebowski. That is one quirky dude. Drinks white mm. Russians, wears in glasses. You know. Hey, that, that carpet really tied the room together. Really tied the room together. Mm. And and is there anyone in that movie who isn't simply all quirk? Yeah. <laughs> Although that can be said of anyone in any Cohen movie. Um, well, the, the Dapper Dan. I'm a Dapper Dan man. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the, the quirks kind of integrate into a, a more, well, if not three-dimensional, then at least two-dimensional, two-and-a-half-dimensional character. It's not just that the quirk. I mean, I think another way to think of quirks, and you you started out with gaming. Um, another way to think of quirks, and I, um, as a as a somebody who writes role playing games uh, or role playing game scenarios, a quirk is uh, a way to um, add interest to a one dimensional character so that they're not entirely one dimensional. But it, it's not something that. Um, you're going to base an uh, 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 important character on, right? Something that you're going to you're going to throw in for flavor. Um, so, I mean, in some ways, it's kind of it's kind of like formula. It's kind of a it's kind of a way to cheat, or <laughs> at least to um, um, to save yourself a lot of effort uh, in in designing a character that really isn't going to spend a lot of time on stage anyway. So, here's a challenge for all of you to ponder for a moment of silence. Think of your immediate family. Are there any of them that don't have quirks? I submit to you, I think quirks make people real. And I submit to you that quirks are emergent person, or emergent properties of their personalities and can't be separated from them if you're going to define them that way. Yes. <laughs> I submit that you fell into a rhetorical trap again. You snakes, did. snakes. Why does it all have to be logical snakes? Um, you did beautifully. And in, that was the funny in thing. In violent about- agreement. We're in violent agreement, and then I was finding that the word itself was so branded for people 
because like, mm-hmm. as I said, quirky heroines, tons of them, gazillion, 970, quirky heroes, 50. And, I, and so that's where I started looking at all of them, thinking random. Mm-hmm. I just went randomly looked up movies. Do you not remember the movie Hero, Dustin Hoffman, Gina Davis, Andy Garcia? No, no, but that's okay. It's, yeah, it's Gina Davis is a reporter. Yeah, the rough thing, blah, blah. She gets injured. She gets rescued by somebody she doesn't quite remember who. Dust, I mean, Andy Garcia takes credit for it. And she's going to reward him. And it turns out the guy who helped her was is sort of a con man, sly street, looks like a street guy, Dustin Hoffman, who did the actual heroic bits of. And it makes you say, what is a hero? What is not a hero in a lot of ways? Because everyone's a little quirky. They don't call anybody quirky, though, because I think the word has has frosting on it that people are used to oh she's just a quirky girl that doesn't like babies as opposed to a guy that doesn't want to be a hero or a guy that is heroic but is willing to compromise his ethics and lie in order to go for a greater good is it a quirk well quirk itself it starts with a q i mean how can you not look at it sideways (laughs) exactly or local hero uh, by Bill Forsyth was an oil guy was sent by like Burt Lancaster to just go buy a Scottish village. And he, he ends up there and he falls in love with these entire village full of quirky people in a, in a certain way. And the local hero, you, I love that it's very unsure who the hero is going to be in this story. Is it him? Is it one of the villagers? Everyone's quirky. Mm-hmm. Hancock by Will Smith, the movie, not by Will Smith, you know, the superhero. Will Smith. Hancock, the character played by Will Smith, yeah. Yeah, that's one quirky dude. But weirdly, I went and looked up and I couldn't find any description of Hancock, the superhero that ended up, you know, trashing half of L.A. Why don't we call him quirky? I don't know. Never saw it. But you're you're now alluding to quirky as always, it, it has a connotation of positive now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. These are minor changes that overall will make you laugh, that make you engaged, not uh, little character flaws like, oh, I always have to bleed them from the carotid artery before, you know. Yeah. And, them in the mincemeat pies. and I was just saying the different uses of quirks are if I have a series, I can string it together with familiar little gem quirks that make the reader say, ah, this is a James Bond story or ah, this is a Nero Wolf story. I <laughs> I'm going to refer to him as a quarter of a ton. It can be a turn of phrase describing a character, but any of these things make it distinctively your character and special and different. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of submitting that some of those, maybe they've been very successful and big blockbusters, but sometimes by lacking the quirks, I think they're not as interesting a character. Mm. So one of my favorite examples of uh, genre films that, um, I always come back to is the the kind of horror movie um, with a monster. And I, at one point, I thought to myself, this is so dull. Um, nothing original can be done with this, right? Um, and then um, I watched Tremors, and it was all brand new again. <laughs> Tremors um, is great. I think I've talked about this before. The Yeah, the, the original movie, not the not the crap series they made out of it, but um, yeah. So um, right. I mean, it was, it was, there wasn't anything particularly new. I mean, the, the mechanics of the monster and so forth were, you know, but, but it's, 
been done before dune right and and so forth but um just the way it all fit together um there weren't any truly completely original elements to it but it was arranged in such a way that it was funny and entertaining and maybe that's what you're talking about well could be i was thinking also if you're writing a story in which there are a lot of characters and so for here i'm going to throw examples of i love caper films I love The Italian Job and Ocean's Eleven. And for series, I love Leverage. Think Star Trek. Think anything that's got a group of people traveling through time in space. Each of them has to have quirks in order to be distinct in some way. Well, yes. It goes back to gaming again. That's why you, that's why you give the, the spear carriers quirks, right? Um, it does. Otherwise, they're just spear carriers. They're just red shirts, right? I mean, and sometimes that's okay if there's a an entire army that you need to wipe out. For God's sake, don't also don't bother anybody, giving them personalities. What? I was going to say. Also, if anybody hasn't read John Scalzi's Red Shirts, you totally should. It's so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that, but driving on, right? Yeah, yeah. no, but that was so. It. It's so like, it's like saying if I was having all right, I was going to say. I'm going to do a caper. I am going to do pull a coup and mm-hmm. run the United States. And my characters are Dave. I have John. I have Chaz. I have Karen. I have Jeannie. I have Raymond. Each of us has quirks. Each of us. And the more that I emphasize that, the more I make it, instead of just running a bunch of names, I've, make it, I've made it unique. I have to show something like Every little vignette, when they said Ocean's Eleven, they gave you a little picture of that person saying, there might be a problem with availability as you get the, <laughs> you get the character. Well, it wasn't, wasn't that uh, two, two points where a characteristic defines a character? Is, isn't that sort of a point in the Mission Impossible movies is where, oh, yeah, uh, you know a style because it always leaves, leaves a lot of hats on the ground. Or, yeah. Uh, and another one, and this is out of the realm of writing and into the realm of acting, Kurosawa, on analysis, apparently always asked his actors to pick one gesture that they would repeat to show that their character is having an emotion. And uh, to quote the Seven Samurai or to view the Seven Samurai, the monk character always rubs his head because he had it shaved. So you can see he's a thinking, contemplative sort of man because he rubs his head. And the the thing that um, the Ronin does, the Toshiro Mifune character does, is always shrug his clothes into place on his shoulders, which means, uh, I have to do something now. I'm going to do something. Might be irritated, might be angry, might be tired, but he's, a, for all his, his flaws, he was a very resolute character for a drunken random person. When he decided to do something, it got done. Mm. Are the, yeah. I, I love that. And to me, it's making me go back and say, especially when I was going through and looking at something that I wrote, started more than 10 years ago, saying, wow, I am missing quirks. I am missing what are the things that define this character that make them, what's the hook? What's the difference? What's the hook? How are they different than every other character in this book? Okay, this one's a priest. How are they different than other priests? This one is... And it's it just sort of is a, a something to think about, to bring into writing. And both as we analyze, why do I love this character so much? Yeah, it's the quirks. 
how do I then make my characters be loved by other people? Maybe I need some quirk. Quirks give continuity. Quirks give distinction in a really quick way. Continuity? Really? Yeah, absolutely. That was, we talked about continuities. Uh, you look at uh, your favorite quirks from cartoons. You know, Simpsons. No! <laughs> I see. Okay. That's uh, a good point. Yes. Right. Right. I get it now. Yeah. yeah, it's a shorthand tie together. So moving from your note, um, actually, there's a lot of good notes in here. This is a great subject for a relatively beginning writer, which, as you may know, is an interest of mine, because it's it gives you a quick into a character. You can hold up a quirk to them and say, does this work for them? And you don't have to get this is not some, this is not life or death. This is yeah. not huge, but you can put something in and say, does it make them more the human or the inhuman being, I want them to be. And I recommend that. And perhaps maybe if you've got somebody that's been a little bit of an automaton and like an authority figure or something, maybe you need that moment where your character recognizes a quirk of their authority figure to say they become relatable. Mm. Because I think we're all little envelopes full of quirks when we let, some of us let them out a little bit more than others. Some people keep themselves very tightly wrapped. We've all worked with people who are just trying to be professional at all times and sober and responsible and dull as crap, right? Yeah, I was thinking, speaking of dull as crap, I mean, you were talking about Mission Impossible. I can't think of a more generic action hero than Tom Cruise. Mm. Well, I really liked The Edge of Tomorrow. I remember when you you went to see that movie, Dave, yeah. and you came home and I said, oh, my God, they killed Tom Cruise like a hundred times. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tom, okay, if you well, ever listen to this. Um, <laughs> well, it wasn't it wasn't because of his performance, though. I mean, he, he did, you know, kind of the same thing he always does. But yeah. the premise was so good. And um, and yeah, I mean, the, the premise of having him killed a hundred times was was funny. Um, <laughs> even the hundredth time. So, well, it it was the same as when Doctor Strange kept coming back because he'd created a little time loop. I can keep dying a million times, but the point is, I'm going to keep coming back a million times. So, mm. it made for an interesting moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do, what, do you have any point of summary you can think about any of this? My my point of summary is that I am now going back and looking at things that I've written and saying. Do I show you quirks quickly enough? What are your mm. thoughts? Well, um, one thing that occurred to me in just in this last little bit we we're talking about is you're going back and finding generic characters and giving them a quirk and seeing what it does. Um, sometimes that can entirely take over the character and define the character. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not. No, it's not. I'm a, uh... I, I have to answer the question for myself, is it better to add the quirks after or build them in at the beginning? And I'm thinking I have to build mine in at the beginning. I'm plotting a series now, and if by the third mm-hmm. book, the quirk that was introduced in book one becomes integral to the plot, uh, that might be a direction I want to go in. I, uh. I, I do have to present a, a fantastic example of that in Terry Pratchett, in that a lot of times you would see throw away ideas, throw away characters, literal jokes and puns become central to stories later on as he explored the tropes that they embodied. And my God, uh, the quirks made the character, and specifically Genghis Cohen, who was put in 
just for what happens to a really good muscly Sunyunui barbarian. And of course, the joke with Jen- for for Genghis there was, oh yeah, he destruction. He can get it for you wholesale. <laughs> you know, a bad joke from an earlier age, and yet it led to meditations on Alexander and Hubris and what do you do when all you can do is kill things and stay alive when you're 87 and have and the same thing for his joke that the little blue men, the Smurfs of his world were pick P I C T E's pixies. And they go on to become the stars of their own series of books. And over and over and over again, um, mm-hmm. he, he took a cardboard cutout, uh, uh, I'm trying not to say archetype because what I really want to say is um, a cliche. Thank you. That's the word, a stereotype. And by adding just a little humor and staying with it, turned it into an incredibly powerful character, Lord Veterinary. The, the you know that he embodies the rule of one man, one vote. He's the man. He has the vote. Exactly. So going back to your question, Ray, you don't have to to plan for it serendipity is your friend as long as you're my interpretation speaking from the heart and actually even treating these stereotypes thank you dave as act- uh, characters who have the right to a quirk oh my god now I'm, now i'm i'm standing here with a sign that says undead yes unperson no <laughs> which of course was a terry pratchett quirk he invented a zombie just for a joke in the newspaper and the red shoe, you know, and I can remember all these names because he he became a policeman to to fight for the rights of the undead. I love it. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> we will put links to the stories and the interesting things we've mentioned on this website, which is www.writersdrinkingcoffee.com. You can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. We answer email. We would love for you to write in and tell us your favorite quirks for characters or what you're doing with your own types to give them special, that special something different. You've been listening to Writer's Dream. Unexpected. Unexpectedly. A labor of love and unexpected enthusiasm put together by the hosts. Our main web support magic is brought to you by Deirdre Schween and our sound engineer and backup web spider is David Welsh. Our intro music is Pretty Maid Milking a Cow and our exit music is Breakfast with the Morning Person, both by Michael Engberg. You can hear more from Michael Engberg on ManyHatsMusic.com. Our podcast sponsor is Eternally Jackal Designs and the Bean Scene Coffee Shop in downtown Sunnyvale. And hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>